Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. What's good, everybody? Welcome into Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. Thank you guys for tuning in. Do us a big favor. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you also read, rate, and subscribe, review, all those good things uh, to keep this show on the road and keep supporting us. Also on Instagram at Inside Green Room and on Twitter as well as Green Room Inside. And don't forget, you could also find us on YouTube as well. Uh, as we get some insights from Danny, we have a lot to discuss today because so much has happened in the NBA. Yeah. 70 burgers, dudes getting fired, and also hmm. it is rivalry week in the NBA. So, so much to discuss. Let's get right down to the nitty gritty. Danny's former coach, Doc Rivers, is now the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, Adrian Griffin. Danny's former assistant coach let go from the Milwaukee Bucks. So much has happened. Various reports have said that even Doc Rivers started consulting the team during the in-season tournament. We know the Milwaukee Bucks have been struggling defensively, which is not something that I think the front office expected when they got Adrian Griffin, Danny. However, I don't think they expected to also get Damian Lillard, too. So much to unpack. I don't even know where to start outside of your initial reaction to Doc Rivers getting the job and Adrian Griffin being let go. Well, the initial reaction was shocked that it was happening midseason. You just hired this guy not even six months ago, you know, and he was the choice you chose. And obviously there are times you make mistakes. You just don't think you would, I wouldn't say, try to fix the mistake this quickly in a season, especially with a win-now, sense of urgency type of season, type of team. Uh, so I was shocked. I was not shocked that Doc being picked up. There weren't many candidates out there that you can trust and that has the experience. Um, so Doc seemed like the favorable, easy choice to go with. Um, but yes, Adrian and then making the move this quick in the season. Well, not this quick in the season, but this quick in his contract, early in his contract, in his tenure. Because uh, I think he signed a three-year deal. And now they're paying to three coaches uh, on payroll at this point with Bud, Griff, and Doc. Um, within a span of, let's say, not even a year. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. I mean, the, I, the, the Bucks are definitely shelling out a lot of dollars um, for this for their new head coach or, and for the previous head coach. the whole coaching staff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Doc Rivers under contract through 26-27, uh, making, as I last saw, $40 million for three and a half seasons of coaching. Danny, we've talked about this multiple years on this podcast. And I, you've said it multiple times, it's too much stress coaching. But as yeah. you see Doc Rivers getting cashed out again of <laughs> being able to leave the ESPN broadcast booth to go back to the bench and get paid upwards of $10 million a year, are you sure, 100% certain, you don't want to be a coach? <laughs> is, is it worth it? I mean, the, the dollars that they're getting, it seems like it's worth it, especially at Doc. At his age now, his kids are growing. They're out the house. So that's something to, to consider. When I'm old, older, my kids are growing and out the house. So, yeah, but for me, the stress, the instability, the change in moving around, even right now, so going from city to city, moving so many cities in the last seven years, um, seven, eight years for me, uh, has been crazy. So I could imagine being with a coach and getting, getting fired, going to another coaching city, going somewhere else. It's just a lot and a lot of stress to worry or rely on other people for your job to stay mm. you know, secure. Um, so, yeah. I know I said never, but seeing what the contracts are, man, you know, you might have to give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying they're getting better than the mid-level, they're getting better than the mid-level exception out there. 
Yeah, we talked about earlier your boys on FanDuel, and we talked about this the the money that they're spending in coaching. I think it's eighteen million dollars in a year for Milwaukee. You can get a pretty mm-hmm. damn good player for that money. Um, so yeah, they're spending quite a bit of money on coaching staff and coaches nowadays are making you know ten plus. It's hard to turn that down. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as Danny alluded to, Danny has been appearing on Run It Back on FanDuel with uh, Michelle Beadle as well as Chandler Parsons, I believe, Lou Will as well. So make sure you guys uh, yep, check Shams. him out there. And Sham Sharania, make sure you check him out there. And also you could catch uh, myself, uh, Sham Sharania usually appears on Stadium Network on Inside the Association. Inside the Association, that's every day, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys check us out there. And obviously... Keep your keep tuned to the podcast here, but let's dig a little bit more into uh, this Adrian Griffin situation. So, Danny, I'm going to say this: I don't like it. I Why don't like it at all. It feels Tell me. It, 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 it feels fishy. It doesn't feel right. Like first Bruh, and foremost, when, so when have ever been anything in the business not been fishy or shisty? <laughs> Or a grime. It's a business. It feels shisty, bro. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear why it's it's shisty in your in your it, eyes. Well, first, well, first and foremost, like Doc Rivers coming in as a consultant <laughs> in December when the team is you know still playing good basketball relative to their record just didn't feel right to me at all. And when you start to, and, and, and I don't know, and obviously I have no idea what really happened, but. If you have Giannis and Dame and other leaders of the team, they hear Doc Rivers is in the building consulting, then that then that kind of aura, that type of knowing that is really mm-hmm. going to influence me if I'm trying to listen to Adrian Griffin, knowing Adrian Griffin is, getting is not is, is, is getting, getting information consulted by or somebody getting else. consulted by somebody else. Like you signed, I, 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 if you if Adrian Griffin was the head coach then let him be the head coach. And once you start mm. bringing in outside influences, especially those with clout, like Doc Rivers, you're only lessening the, the yeah, viewpoint, the cliche uh, yeah. of what Adrian Griffin could have when you have that type of thing happen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I agree, but that's the business, bro. We've seen it so many times. It's happened to everybody who's been in it has fell fall victim to it or in some sense of or, you know some shape or form. Um, some more than others, other business parts, but that's how it happens sometimes. And I guess, from my understanding, it wasn't because of the the record. Obviously, they've been winning. They've been doing well. They're 30 and 13. They're still top two team in the East, one of the top teams in the league. Uh, it's a respect factor. And I guess he lo- they say he lost the locker room or guys just didn't you know, buy into what he was saying or teaching or his principles. And that's basically what it boils down to. And the fact that Doc being around, of course, hearing his name, but there's not many other people that you can choose from, even if you're, you're upset. Like, even if Doc wasn't around and you don't trust this person to win you now, you know, he's a first-time head coach, which you should have taken this into account when you hired him. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't have the experience. But if you don't trust him, even if Doc wasn't around, if you were like, you know, we don't trust him, the guys don't believe in him, they, they lost a rock from him. Even though we're winning, we don't trust him in the playoffs because when the game slows down, they don't think he's making the right adjustments. They don't believe in him. We don't like the energy around it. We got to let it go. You know, the whole Terry Stott situation early in the season was a red flag. There's a couple other red flags. Maybe we don't like how he's handling the staff or handling the players. All all these above, all these things that we don't know about could that be happening behind the scenes are the reason why. Even if you let him go and Doc is not around, who do you go get? Give you're me some ideas. Doc. You're, you're probably going to get Doc. You're probably going to get Doc. So it doesn't matter if he's around or not. Like He's the, only, he's the best option out there uh, that we know of. Everybody else has a job. You know, everybody's been taken up. Jay Kidd. Uh, Vogel, Nurse, you know, any you have to go to assistant if you're looking for somebody else. Everybody else yeah. has a job. Monty, Pop, they all sign extensions. Spo sign extension. Like who else? You get the tips. There's, there's, who, there's nobody else out there you can think of, uh, especially with a team like this. Now, if you go with a rebuild situation or a young group, now you can go to a college coach or an assistant or something like that. But when now situation, you need somebody that you can trust that's been there. Amen. I'm just saying. You could have played you. You could have played it out with Adrian Griffin for one year. For one year, with and Dame, Dame being his I, age and Giannis, they only have but such a window. Don't even waste put, time. If you have the I'm bucks, a, go ahead. You have the dollars. No pun intended. If you have the bucks to do it to <laughs> chip out your coaches and keep paying coaches, go ahead and do it. Since urgency is now, I put you on the hot seat. Steve Kerr's contract is up at the end of the season. The Warriors dynasty might be over. Would it have? 
would I, I personally, I would have continued with Adrian Griffin. And then went for a better pot of coaches. And, 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 then, and then saw what happened in the playoffs. And if it didn't go the way I wanted, hey, Steve Kerr, your contract's up in Golden State. Why don't you come ride with us in Milwaukee? Because as, as sure. good and as accomplished and as much cliche as Doc Listen. Rivers has, let's, we got to keep it real. He has not been successful or his teams, put it like this. That's the wrong, that's the wrong way to say it. He has been successful, but his teams have failed playoffs. consistently to meet expectations. We're not even talking about exceeding the expectations. Yes. They have not, yes, they have not met expectations and they have and fallen in very, very, very uh disturbing ways. If I was a fan of the Milwaukee. In bad Bucks. fashion. In bad fashion. But to to be fair, there were a couple teams that were not fully healthy. The two years I was in since Philly, I was hurt. I got hurt in the Atlanta series and Miami series as well. We didn't have a full health team. Uh, the Clippers haven't always been 100% healthy. Even when he had CP and they're up against Houston 3-1 or so, he tore, he strained a hamstring. There's been situations like that, and they talk about his playoff record. Now, to your point, I agree. If you don't have the sense of urgency and you can wait, it's not only Steve Kerr. You're going to have a plethora of coaches to choose from in the summertime because not only there's going to be a lot of coaches. The Washington coaches got fired as well, and they're going to look for a replacement. Obviously, this is going to start, let's say, the trend, mm -hmm. but it's opened up the floodgates of if people are not happy with the coaches, they could fire midseason. But, yeah, Steve Kerr would have been an option. I don't know if that's the guy that they wanted to choose, but I'm sure that if the other coaches don't meet their expectation, they will be fired as well, and they'll wait till the summertime. You'll have more options in the summertime if you waited. So, yes, to your point, you would have a better pick of the litter if they waited four or five more months. Yeah, and that's exactly what I would have done. And we have to give Adrian Griffin a little bit of a break here, in my opinion. I tried to turn this thing off. Uh, as we've got to give Adrian Griffin a little bit of a break, in my opinion, because when they signed him up, and mind you, he did an individual interview with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo, if I, if, I, if I remember the reporting correctly, did an individual interview with Nick Nurse and with Adrian Griffin. And overall, at the end of the day, the Bucs decided to go with Adrian Griffin. Now, I'm sure Giannis had some type of influence on that decision-making. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you were happy with him at that point, let's remember when Adrian Griffin was hired, Damian Lillard was not on the roster. It was Drew Holiday. And if there was one thing about Adrian Griffin or we believed about Adrian Griffin was that he was instrumental in being successful with that Toronto Raptors defense. Now, mm -hmm. it could be on him if he tried to structure the Bucks defense like the Raptors defense because the personnel is just different. They don't have an OG Ananobi. They don't have a Pascal Siakam. They didn't have like, you know, long, lanky, wing, interchangeable defenders. Mm -hmm. They more have rim protection with uh, Brooke Lopez being there. And they Giannis could go out and get that, though. Defender. They they have pieces they can go out and get that. They could have made decisions on, on on adding some of those. But, you know, Drake Crowder has been hurt. He has been out. Um, they did make some changes. They lost Grayson Allen. Um, I'm trying to think who else might be over there that's a, a lengthy, long, you know, athletic 3 and D guy that you might have over there. Really, there's not there's not many. They don't, really have, they don't really have any. No. Yeah. yeah so I the mean, wings, they're, they're, a little, they're lacking on the wings. You know, I, I know a guy, but, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a couple guys out there that you could probably go get, you know, you know but it's tough. So... Given yes, given that it's a different type of setup, they do have similar group that they had in the past. Minus one guy, you should not drop that drastically defensively, and that, a lot of it is effort. And that's where a lot of people. That's where they're saying he look the respect factor and the effort. They're not giving him the, re the respect or putting the effort that they would would if it was somebody else that was coaching them. That's what most people are assuming. So yes, they could go out and get some people. They, they should go. Out. They don't have the same roster. They don't have the same defensive roster, but they do have enough to play better defense than what they are currently. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, you do what you got to do if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. I understand it, but the other reason why I would have waited too. Uh, again, there could have been more options and Doc Rivers. Failures in the playoffs are, are unavoidable. You can't not you can't not omit that. But also, too, if you just look at uh, the, the, again, yeah, the coaching pool is definitely could be better. And you never know what Adrian Griffin could have progressed to over time. It wasn't too long ago where we heard reports that LeBron James wasn't happy with Eric Spolstra. Now we look at Eric Spolstra as one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, mm -hmm. So I. I'm not, I, I I don't know Adrian Griffin personally, but I feel like he got the short end of the stick. I would have waited sure. it out and let it, and let it, and if it, if it was going to fail, let it fail on his behalf. Because let's keep it real here, Danny. Buck, the Bucks win the first round. They get mm -hmm. to the second round, good series, but they end up losing, but they, they, and they win. 
They get to the mm-hmm. Eastern Conference Finals and they lose to the Boston Celtics with Doc Rivers. I would have thought the same thing might have happened with Adrian Griffin. I, is, <laughs> is he going to be able to make that much of a difference? Is he going to take them from Eastern Conference Finals to NBA Finals? And on top of that, another thing to Maybe think about. Not. I will say Giannis, this, though. Go ahead. They got, Go ahead. They, but the other thing, oh, this is the thought I really wanted to express. Damian Lillard is under contract. Giannis Antetokounmpo signed a contract extension this season. So even mm-hmm. you can't, it's not even like Giannis could say, I want out. Or Dame could say, I want out. No, you interviewed this coach. You wanted him and you're under contract. You can't force your way out of here. If you, even if you wanted to, we're not doing that. You're Giannis Antetokounmpo. You're expected to be a star and be on the court. We're not, if Giannis... Yeah. You should have made him live with it. I agree. The front office should have made him live with it. Yeah, he didn't sign sign an extension, fine. He obviously gets what he wants. There's a lot of things going on there that people question. Why is this there? (laughs) Why is this happening? You know, and and we don't want to point out certain things. But I think the reason why, instead of making him live with it, not only do they want, they don't want the situation they had last year where they're losing in the first round to Miami Heat because outcoached. And and I'm not saying Bud got outcoached, but possibly that's what they felt. Mm-hmm. Um, they did have injuries. He had situations going on off the court. He had lost family members. People were sick. A lot of things were happening. But that's what they're presenting himself for. And I think that's the route that they thought they were on. The path that they were on was if we continue with this guy, we're going to get embarrassed again in the first round to a Miami Heat or a New York Knicks Pacers. or Indiana Pacers, a team that we have no business losing to. And the Indiana Pacers were kicking their ass most of this year. And they did not take that lightly. So they were like, you know what? We don't trust this. Yes, it's worth, obviously, sometimes you don't need to tell you I told you so or make somebody. Some It's worth letting it go, fix, trying to fix the mistake now and stop being embarrassed, not just embarrassing your star players, but embarrassing the organization, the group as a whole before it happens in playoff time. And I think that's what they thought because the East has gotten a lot better. I was talking about this earlier on Run It Back, just how strong the East was. We looked at, listed our starters in the East. We listed our starters in the West. Like, the East team is... Demonstrative is very strong, and the East team, like the not just the starters and the All Stars, but the the reserves. It's like that's going to be yeah. a bloodbath for both sides of who we're picking. The West for sure is going to be a bloodbath. But when you look at the teams, teams that are playing well, even though the Cleveland Cavaliers had some ups and downs, injuries, they were in an eight game winning streak. They're playing well. They're a team that can shock you in the, in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying you can't take them lightly. Miami, you always got to respect them. They're making a move with Terry Rozier. The Knicks have been playing unbelievable since the trade of OG. Um, you know what I'm saying? Philly is always there. So you got Nick Nurse over there, and you get out coach. If you match up on any of these teams, you never know what's going to happen on injuries. Philly could drop to four or five, whatever, and maybe end up with three. And they end up matching them in the first round or second round. You get one of those exits, that's not something you can – that's not a pill you want to swallow, you know what yeah. I'm saying, by saying live with this live with this coach because you chose him. I, I, I will tell you this. Tell you this. It is going to be loud and disruptive if this Milwaukee Bucks team – Ends up, ends up, no, just ends up losing before the Eastern Conference Finals and isn't competitive in the Eastern Conference Finals because you have, oh, 100%. Uh, the, it, it, you have the, you know, you have the <laughs> somewhat of the embarrassment of trading away Drew Holiday, not realizing he was going to end up on your biggest rival in the conference. That's a flop, <laughs> in my opinion. Now you hi- you, you've hi- hired three coaches now in the span of, you've had three coaches uh, under your helm for the past year. Um, it's just not gonna look, and then and then obviously if they, if they injury, lose in the first second round, it's gonna be really bad. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be really. But I mean, you. I think they don't get it. Said they said, you know what, we can make this change now. Doc for sure will get us to the second, third round. Like yeah. we'll have at least a third round. You know, we'll see exit. because all, all 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 the the celebratory vibes and all of the the respect and all of the I wish Dame had a team. I wish he had some help that he was getting in Portland. That's dead now. He's going to yeah. have to perform, not just offensively, but defensively. Giannis being seen as the leader of the franchise for ending up having a coach fired under his helm, uh, not just Adrian Griffin, Mike Budenholzer as well. If he doesn't perform in the playoffs, he's going to get he's going to get a lot of negative attention that he's never gotten before. And then, of course, Doc Rivers, as celebrated as he might be, we well, I think all also, know what happens in the playoffs yes. with him in terms of how people treat him and they talk about him. So... Those three guys are under immense pressure that they probably never even experienced before. For sure, 100%. Doc has experienced it. Uh, Giannis, Dame is his first time experiencing it. But this change, I think, gives them a little bit of grace, period. And it's like, because we made a coaching change, we're not expecting you to win this year, but for sure next year. So 
obviously there's pressure. I don't know. Their fans are a little different than LA fans, New York fans. They're not True. that, you know, they're different from Philly fans. Um, so I'm sure the, the, the Bucks fans, they do want to win now. They want to see them at least in the Eastern Conference Finals, if not the Finals. But because of the coaching change and things drastic and still guys trying to fill each other out, get a rhythm, they're going to give them a little grace period and be like, all right, if things don't end the way it's supposed to, then like, look, they're going to blame it on the fact that it was a midseason coaching change, which gives them some time. But like I said if they have it two years in a row this summer, yeah, if they lose this summer or this spring and next spring. And they don't win next year. Really yeah. Oh, yeah. Really loud then. But they're going to give them oh, some yeah. grace period. The change gives them yeah. some time. Yeah. Well, we'll. We'll see how they get treated. I, I'm very curious. They, I, it's interesting. I, I feel like for the first time in Giannis's career, first time in his career, you know, you used to watch wrestling, Danny. I think Giannis yes. might end up turning into a heel. Like he's always been celebrated. This might be the first time where he's really, he could enter into a level of criticism uh, and bad guy persona that he's maybe not even ready for because there are maybe. people who are going to give him some heat. It depends, and I just don't see it happening because Giannis has always performed. He does what he's supposed to do, whether it's regular season or playoffs, and he always shows up. Now, the other guys, other guys may not. He's always been consistent. Now, obviously, his free throws have been a certain thing that they question of why they win and lose games, but his effort unmatched it never changes. He's going to give you a triple double. He's going to get points in the paint. He's going to draw fouls. He's going to get free throws. He's going to make plays for his teammates. It's really a pawn. Now, the criticism, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, who you guys paid and traded for, Jan Damian Lillard, those are the guys that are going to be looking at who's not performing the way they're supposed to be performing because we just paid you guys again, and we just traded for you to play winning basketball and win this thing, and we brought you here so you can get a championship. Which one of you guys is not doing your part? Mm. Should be a very interesting watch for the remainder of the season out there in Milwaukee. Uh, as Danny referenced, uh, he talked about the All-Star game. And obviously, uh, that is uh, the starters are going to be named on Thursday. And then we'll have the announcement of the reserves on Thursday, February 1st, which is not too far away from the trading deadline. So when we come back from break, we're going to discuss all of those things. All-Star starters, trading deadline, and also look back at Joel Embiid's 70-point masterpiece. What an absolute game he had. Who might be next to drop another 70 piece in the NBA? We discuss that when we come back from break. And we are back on Inside the Green Room. Danny Green, Harrison, Sanford. Sure. You guys already know the vibes. Time to run a little pick and roll. And we'll talk about things that we saw over the past week uh, that have captured our attention. And number one, at least on my list, Danny. Joel Embiid, 70 piece on the San Antonio Spurs. Mm -hmm. This is after uh, walking past uh, Victor Webinyama during the pregame and kind of being <laughs> shocked by how much taller Victor Webinyama is than him. But Joel Embiid was absolutely spectacular, 21 of 40 from the field. And it didn't even feel like he was forcing it, forcing it going into the fourth quarter. He was on record telling his teammates, just let it come in the flow of the game. And there was a chance he didn't even have to get back out there, but the Spurs did keep it a relatively a game. So he had to get back out there. Mm -hmm. He was tremendous. No, there's no other way around it. What was your reaction to seeing it uh, happen? I was watching it actually in dinner. And I was like, damn, he's on, he's on pace to give. 70 and before i was like he's gonna get like 60 70 and i think he had was it something for 34 40 at half um i knew he's gonna get the free throws uh but yeah my first reaction was he's a bully you know <laughs> he's, uh, he's a bully and i'm i was wondering if they were gonna double team i guess they did when Wemby was off the floor but i don't know if they double teamed him while Wemby was on the floor um but it was a fun game they both you know took the matchup uh i wouldn't say personally but they, they took it as a fun you know challenge Wemby played a great game, even though they they did lose, and you know, Philly's just a better team. Um, but Joel had a hell of a game, and he made a lot of shots, uh, made a lot of free throws, and he put it together, man. It, it was a good one, and uh, to me, it was like the things that he was doing is like you can do this damn near all the time. Maybe yeah. not average or score seventy, but when you're bullying people, you could really bully people if you wanted to. No matter if they're double team or triple teaming you, you can dive deep down into the paint. Bully somebody, put your shoulder in the chest, dunk the ball, or you know, seal them really deep in the paint and be as close as possible whenever you want it. So whenever he decides to do that, I said he which he kind of does, but he was unstoppable that night, and it's because he just put his mind to it. Like, you know what? I'm just gonna impose my will on the game and, and on the paint. And he did that. Yeah, uh, I want to get to this question um that we have about him potentially being the best scorer in the NBA. But one of my first reactions, Danny, to seeing the 70 piece by the end of it. 
I said to myself, you know what? It's going to be a damn shame if Joel Embiid doesn't win the MVP award this year because he only plays mm -hmm. 64 games. Uh, if you guys don't know, the NBA instituted a rule for this in uh, for this season and going forward in order to qualify for all the awards, MVP, All-NBA First Team, Defensive Player of the Year, XYZ, XYZ, you must play a minimum of 65 games. And Joel Embiid has already missed more than a handful of games so far this year. So there is a chance, Danny, regardless of how well he's played, regardless of how well he's put the 76ers in position without James Harden being there, despite the fact he dropped a 70-piece, mm -hmm. he could not get MVP. He might not even be able to be on the MVP ballot. Because yeah. he might not play 65 games. It, it, I, I understand the rule. I like the I like the thought behind the rule. I understand what the NBA and the MBPA agreed to do with this rule. But damn, would that be a shame if Joel yeah, Embiid misses the cut. If he's averaging 35 a game and he has 64 games, it'd be absurd to him not have win an award for it. Uh, but I think they'll be a, they'll have some type of grace. Like they said, they can you can protest or some something with the games that you missed. Um, I think they need to change it to 62, at least allow 20 games. But yeah. even then, somebody made a point. If if he doesn't win the MVP, it's not like it's a big drop off. There's still Nikola Jokic, who was a really damn good player, and SGA. You know, Shy is killing man. He's fuck, he's doing his thing. Those guys are very much willing. And if not Giannis, there's a couple other guys that are really good and deserving of it. But obviously, Joel, the way he's playing, he should definitely have the award back to back. And they should give you know a couple games of a grace period grace. of like you know what at least you're you're close to the sixty five. It's not it's, you know it's not fifty eight or fifty nine. If you're in the sixties, at least above sixty one. If you're sixty two ish, it should be like okay sixty two sixty three. You miss it by two or three games. You know what? We'll make an exception. What if what if Joel Embiid gets to and here's the crazy thing too. Like what if Joel Embiid gets to sixty four games right? They've already clinched the three seed or something, mm -hmm. or clinched the two and seed. And it's a rest. I knew you were going to go with this. And, and, like and, a rest he, game sit, and, he and he should rest, right? They've clinched they can do home court. Mikel Bridges. Brooklyn can bring him in, start him, play him for five minutes, sit as that, or just, you know, Draymond Green. They came in, he fouled the guy, sit down. He played. So yeah. he can still rest, but as long as he enters that game and, you know, collects a couple of seconds or a minute or so and is on that floor, it serves as a game played. Yeah, I I understand that. Put um, out the stats; it'll definitely drop his, his points. Definitely drop his yeah, definitely drop <laughs> his points. But you know, for me, I'm one of those people who like to do not per game. I like to do points per minute. I like to evaluate mm -hmm. guys per 36 minutes. I think that's a better mm -hmm. evaluation. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, so I've thought this way for a while, particularly when you started playing with the Sixers. I thought Joel Embiid was a top five player in the league, and even even when he started to go when he started to go off. When Ben Simmons was doing the Ben Simmons stuff, disappearing and stuff, I said to myself, bro, this guy might not. He, he's looking like the best player in the league and he's looking like the best scorer in the league because he's got from a big man perspective, he's got everything you want. And then on top of that, he can hit threes. My question for you, Danny, you need one bucket and it could end up mm -hmm. getting to the and this could result in somebody getting to the free throw line, too. You need a bucket, though, to win a game. Let's say mm -hmm. you're down by you're down by one. You're down by one, 24 seconds on the shot clock. Mm -hmm. End of the game. Are you taking Joel Embiid or are you taking the field? I'm going to take Joel Embiid. Um, there's other guys in the field that are very much a bucket sure. and you can go for. But I, I'm, I'm very confident in Joel not only getting a basket, but at least getting to the free throw line. And mm. it depends on who's guarding, where he's catching it. Obviously, I would love to have him catch it on the block, if not closer, um, and for instead of you know the elbow or a three point line, but if we get a post up on Joel Embiid and it's a one on one situation, or if we draw up a play where he can go quick and get a score um, without waiting for a double team, I'm pretty confident he's going to give you two get you two points or get to the free throw line, and he shoots it well enough to where he's going to make you both free throws. Yeah, dude is an absolute menace right now, and I think having uh, Nick Nurse there. Not having James Harden there, which is forcing him to be a better passer, better facilitator, is only taking his game to newer levels. And already last year, he was at the MVP level. And arguably, for the last two and a half, three years, he's been at the MVP level. So uh, kudos to him. All right, let's go to number two, topic number two in this pick and roll. Uh, Terry Rozier is now a member of the Miami Heat. Uh, we could spend some time later on breaking that down. Uh, but real quick, uh, in that trade, uh, Kyle Lowry ended up getting traded off to the Charlotte Hornets. Now, 
There's some teams that might want to trade for Kyle Lowry, even though he's pretty expensive. It is an expiring deal. But there mm-hmm. feels to be a lot of momentum behind Kyle Lowry ending up on the buyout market. There are a multitude of teams that could use a guard off the bench like Kyle Lowry, who has championship experience. Give me one destination, one spot only, Danny, that you think Kyle Lowry would be great as a buyout candidate. Mind you, mind you, being over the second apron, a team like the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, I believe they cannot get Kyle Lowry in a buyout. They would have to do it via trade, and I don't think they would have the assets to even trade for that or want to give away the assets to trade for Kyle Lowry. So it's more the buyout teams, Philadelphia. Uh, why the can't New they get him in a buyout? Why can't, why can't they get him in a buyout team? It, well, Danny, it's the second apron. The, if they new, if they wave somebody if they if they get whatever roster spot, that's is. that's the that's the rules uh here here's the Suns Bucks and Clippers they all cannot sign Kyle Lowry because they are over the first uh they're they're over the second luxury tax apron um and that that was the rule that was instituted this past offseason when you're remember when you're off the when you're above the second apron you can't mm-hmm. sign, you can't use the minimum level exception you can't you have to specifically match salaries you can't send out money in a trade to make the money even it's very mm-hmm. restrictive and this is one of the restrictions where you can't get a you can't sign guys off the buyout okay so, well i didn't sons, have any of those teams anyway so right, the team I have I have two teams I can't give you one but I have one team but there's two teams it depends on Kyle and where his mindset is is okay. he still trying to play more basketball after this? Is he just trying to retire after this? Is this his farewell? If it's a farewell, let him get back to Toronto, finish out the career, mm. and retire Raptor. If not, if he wants to still play, obviously I would assume either way he wants to play meaningful basketball, but play another year or so after this, I'm gonna go with Philly. You know they need a back. I love Pat Bev; he's great uh, defensively for them, but offensively you need somebody to set the table. Um, I don't. I'm not saying he can't do it. I just think you need a better. You know, backup for Tyrese in terms of offensive setting the table. You know, Pat is mm. more of a defensive guy. He's more of a intangibles guy. Um, you know, junk up the game, mess up guys, and do do the little stuff, the dirty work. Um, Kalo could do that too, but I think offensively, you you need a guy that can set the table. And I think Kalo is the guy that they they look they said they need a backup center in my eyes and a backup point guard. He's from Philly, went to Villanova. What better place for him to come back home and either you know play there and finish his career or you know just play there for this year before retiring a Raptor. Yeah, I think that could be a good option. There could, I mean, there could be a bit, I mean, obviously he has familiarity with Nick Nurse for sure that could help. Mm-hmm. There might, in my opinion, there might be a little bit of an overlap, particularly not just with Maxi, but obviously DeAnthony Melton is there as well, but you're right. He could be a great playmaker for that team. I personally, maybe this is just a little bias in me, but I think he could team up with his other Villanova alumni with the New York Knicks. You know what I'm saying? All the Nova guys with with, with the New York Knicks. You might as well get Mikel Bridges too. Jesus, like all the (laughs) Villanova guys you can find in the league and just put them on the Knicks. Okay. I I think he would be a great fit there. Obviously, they traded away Emmanuel quickly in order to get OG Ananobi, and OG has been a great uh, fit for them. But they now they need a backup point guard. Deuce McBride has played well, but I think if you are a member of the New York Knicks fan base, you don't know how much you could trust Deuce McBride in the playoffs and Kyle Lowry because of his ability to also play off the ball in times at times could potentially fit with Jalen Brunson on the court as well so we'll, we'll see how that kind of works out they'd be interesting uh nonetheless with the trading deadline though Danny being on February 8th so we're not too far away from it it made me think we've had so many trades that have happened so far this season I mean the mm-hmm. OG Ananobi trade the Pascal Siakam trade let's not forget uh, there was a trade for Damian Lillard, obviously, to go to the Milwaukee Bucks, which led to Drew Holiday eventually ended up getting traded from the uh, Boston James Celtics. James Harden trade. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, the James Harden trade and now Drew Holiday with the Boston Celtics. So many trades have happened, Danny. What is the best trade we've seen so far this season? For me, I think it's, you have to go with the teams that have worked out. And I'm going to go with the Boston trade. Um, yeah, you know, getting Drew Holiday, they're number one in the East. They're playing really well. They lost some depth, uh, but they're they're the you know the best team in the East right now. Um, even though you know said Milwaukee lost Drew, and now they're number two behind Boston. But we'll see. We'll see. It still you know remains to be seen what they're going to do maturity wise. Um, you know, with Joe Mazzulla there in the playoffs. Um, but I think there's my other team in the West would be the Clippers. Nobody's seen or expected them to be rolling the way they are. They have made themselves contenders by getting James Harden and then Russ taking the backseat and, and doing what he's doing, bringing his energy to the game and, and, and playing the role off the bench. You know, Ty Lue has got them playing unbelievable basketball. They've been winning. Kawhi has been healthy. PG has been healthy. So if they stay healthy, 
they definitely had, had one of the best trades in set of the year with them in Boston. Have yeah, out. I'm going to. Yeah, I want to go. Well, let's let's talk about this Drew Holiday trade first, because you know I'm looking at the details now, and actually, the Portland Trailblazers didn't make out too bad. Now, yes, Robert mm -hmm. Williams the third, the Time Lord, is injured for the rest of the season. We don't know what he's going to come back like, so there might be some sunken value there. But Malcolm mm -hmm. Brogdon, who has been playing well for them, is probably going to net them another draft pick, uh, more than likely. Uh, if they decide to let him go, and they probably will, so they can give Scoot Henderson more of a uh, freedom to to be the leader of that team. But in that trade as well, a 2029 unprotected first round pick from the Boston Celtics, which by that point, 2029, they're probably still going to be a very good team. Jason Tatum's not going anywhere for a while. But also in that trade, Danny, the Portland Trailblazers also got a 2024 unprotected first round pick from the Golden State Warriors. And the way the Golden State Warriors are playing right now, that's a lottery. That's going to be a lottery pick, Danny. <laughs> yeah. So you get yeah. time. You get Malcolm Brogdon, who you could probably flip for a first round pick, and you mm -hmm. get the Warriors' first round pick, which is probably going to be in the lottery on top of Robert Williams, who could come back and be a defensive force in this league. That's not a bad trade for Drew Holiday, who was about to approach free agency. For sure. You. So that's not not a bad no, they, job at all by the Portland Blazers. They're about to be yeah. the next OKC if they do what they're supposed to, and they have a lot of pieces they can still move to get more picks outside of Brogdon or more a better piece or a better superstar. Um and my my mind is get better drafts, get try to get one superstar with the pieces you have or even try to get bigger, better pieces of role players it's from like a Brooklyn that has a lot of the same guys. You get that mm -hmm. superstar or get that that draft pick that you want and you surround them with a guy like, you know, Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney Smith, or a a Cam, you know, not Cam Thomas, well, Cam Thomas or Cam Johnson, Johnson or Mikel yep. Bridges. Uh, I know that I can let go of Mikel Bridges, but the other guys that they have over there, they have so many like guys or Spencer Dinwiddie. You can, you know, and within two or three years, right, be right back in the playoff conversation. Yep. Yep. No, I I think the James Harden trade is the one for me because it's look at look at the way the Clippers are playing right now. And with them moving into the new arena next season, a lot of pressure is on this team to validate those new season those season season ticket uh orders uh to, to fill out that new arena and uh steve Ballmer and lawrence frank have put together a team that has a legit chance to win a title and having james harden the true point guard on the roster has put them at that level all right our last topic here in the pick and roll uh it is rivalry week in the nba and danny i'm gonna keep it up being with you i support mm -hmm. nba's initiatives 100 percent but they ain't no rivalries in the NBA. We're trying no. to make Chet. We're trying to make Chet Holmgren versus Wemby a rivalry, and there's a little, it, little bit of it will, and there. that it might be. It might be that one might, might be, be brewing. There's Dylan Brooks, LeBron James. You know that's the funny one. Um, I wouldn't say as much of a rivalry, but it was funny uh, mm -hmm. for some people. But it was a good. It was good. You know, challenging those in the playoffs. Those guys challenging each other. Everybody loves to see it. Then there's Luca and Book. That's the one that comes to mind for me. They're trying to do something with Shea and 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 Ant Man. Um, I don't see it happening. They have too much respect for each other. Joel and, and Jokic have too much respect that's for each too other. Too friendly. Um, Joel and Giannis, though, that's a different one. So I don't know. If yeah, he, it's that, not. It's not that, a that. beef. You don't see it publicly when they play each other. There's a there's a little edgy thing going on. There's some plays, but I, I think the one that comes to mind for most people, especially when it comes to the playoff, is going to be Book and, and Luca. And Luca right now was he's a wounded animal right now because they had no Kyrie the other night when they played Phoenix. They got whooped on. So it's tough. But when it comes to the playoffs and those team match up again, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. I think, you know, with them having a big three now, I think it might be a little bit unbalanced. Well, the, the key to rivalry is obviously you got to have animosity, but you also mm -hmm. have to have, I think, an even playing field. Uh, so even, sure. with the Wem even with the Wemby and Chet thing, like, yeah, they there might was one that, they, Yeah, they don't hate each other. But there was one that, that has dissipated because of traits. There's Memphis and Golden State. And that was, that was the one. That was the one, but also that, that was the one back to back to the Chet and Wemby yeah. situation. Yeah, no, but yeah, Chet and Wemby, they're just on two different calibers of teams. The Oklahoma City Thunder, are a top three team in the West, the Spurs are one of the worst teams in the NBA. So, it, 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 as much as they might not like each other, if we mm. don't, if I don't feel like when their teams play each other, it's going to be competitive, then it really takes the juice out of the rivalry. 
the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies really could have had something. And I could have seen the Memphis Grizzlies in a year like this year trying to dance on the Warriors' grave. But obviously, the Memphis <laughs> Grizzlies are where they are right now, too. So yeah. it's really injuries, not as much injuries, fun. Injuries, injuries. Yeah, I hope we get some real something really spicy that really makes me like gravitate towards it. But as of right now, I still don't see a true rivalry that I grew up watching in the NBA. They're trying to make it happen. We'll see if it happens. I wish. I just, I wish. Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic didn't get along, but unfortunately, <laughs> that's not the case. That would have been great. Uh, all right, we're going to get out of here pretty soon. That ends the pick and roll, but before we do that, on Thursday, January 25th, we're going to get the all-star starters named, uh, but I want to hear it from Danny's opinion. The Who starters. are the all-star starters, and I'll give you mine as well. Or can we, let's just make it a little bit quick. Let's make it quick. Pretty, yeah. pretty consensus, right? Consensus. Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid, Front court yes. East starters, right? That's and I think consensus, the, the starting guard or the, the number the lead guard is gonna be Tyrese Halliburton, right? Consensus, right? It yes, um, yes, but there's there's a wavering because as of late they haven't been winning. So you could, if you wanted to change or replace him, he's definitely um, an all-star. The starters yeah, are yeah. he had a great first third of the season. And yeah. right now he's been hurt. He's been injured. A lot of losing, you know, still figuring out. But, yes, he's played well enough he's, to make himself an all-star starter. So yeah, yes, for he's, sure. He's for sure, hands down. So there's one other yeah. position that's up in the yeah. air right there. And, it, and, and it, for, comes... it could waver from Donovan Mitchell to Jalen Brunson mm -hmm. to Tyrese Maxey. And then some people, you know, Damian, John Timmer. Or Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. Yeah, for sure. Those guys. All right, but so for me, who you put in there? For me, it was Donovan Mitchell. Um, mm. I think he's just too too special. Obviously, he had some injuries, small injuries, nothing major, in and out of lineup, some. Um, but with the unhealthy Darius and unhealthy Mobley, and them having an eight-game winning streak and beating certain teams and winning and still being pretty good in the East, uh, I'll give him that. Um, my backup was it was Jalen Brunson or Tyrese. Now, Tyrese is still – Tyrese definitely reserved. Tyrese Maxey, I'm talking about. I would have had Jalen Brunson if not Donovan Mitchell. The way the Knicks have yeah. been balling, when they got OG, even without OG, he's been healthy all year. I know he's not as flashy with it, but the numbers and the efficiency and the rate that he's doing that and also leading them to wins, he's definitely deserving of an all-star starter spot. It's just tough when you have guys like Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, and other guys you know in front of you that are winning, and Damian Lillard and Tyrese Maxey. So, yeah. Yeah, totally understand that one, and I'm going to roll – uh, I'll roll with Donovan Mitchell as well. As much as I want to say Jalen Brunson, you make up a good point. The way the Cavaliers have played without Evan Mobley, without Darius Garland, you got to give Donovan Mitchell his props there. He has been holding mm -hmm. down the fort. Uh, and as of right now, uh, both the both teams, the Knicks and the Cavaliers, seven games behind the Celtics in the 4-5 slot. We could be getting a rematch of what we saw last year in the playoffs between those two teams. All right, so officially, from on both of our ballots, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Ty Tyrese Halliburton, and Donovan Mitchell. Let's go to the yeah. Western Conference where it's going to be a little bit more tricky. All right, let's get to the down to this. For, but first, let's get to the consensus. I think, I think consensus, the, the guard spots are for sure a consensus. And the center spot. Nikola Jokic is the consensus center yes, spot. Yes, for sure. At the guard spots, it's got to be Shea. Yes. It's got to be Shea and Luka. Okay. All right. I mean, some people would want to make an argument for Anthony Edwards, but I understand Luca. Hey, are they are they not the do they not have the second best record in the NBA? They are up there. They're doing well. The numbers of Luca's and the numbers of Anthony Edwards. Yes, for sure. I get it. I get it. Yes. No. No. Luca's putting up Michael Jordan numbers. Yeah. For sure, no, I understand. Yeah, so I, 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 we'll give it to we'll give it to Luca. We'll give it to Shea. That makes a lot of sense. And obviously, Nikola Jokic. Now it comes down to the forward spots, and that's where it gets interesting. You got Kawhi, mm -hmm. you got Paul George, you got LeBron, uh, you got Kevin Durant. Uh, that's just to name a couple. And then obviously, let me see. If there's give me your two. I'll one. give you my two. I got you, right, I got I'm, one you did not list. I'm going. I'm going with Kawhi Leonard. Undoubtedly, Kawhi Leonard been, for sure. He's that could been, be a LeBron conversation, but it's Kawhi Leonard for me. Nah, it's, when he's it's, healthy, it's, he's the best two-way player in the game. Undoubtedly, one of the best two-way players we've seen in the game, in the history of the game. So I, I'm giving him. He's been healthy. He's been balling. He's at the three spot. Now the four yeah. spot, that's the tough one for you. Yes. Are you gonna say, you're, gonna, you're not even going to think of, Go ahead. I want to hear yours first. I uh, you know. 
This is not fair. It's not fair, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's the all-star game. I'm giving it to LeBron. Of course. I mean, I'm year, going, what, is it year when, 21 now? Yeah, he's a one, captain. Uh, I'm going to give it to he, Anthony Davis. I, I, can't, I can understand that. Go ahead. Give me a reason why. He's been healthy. Anthony Davis and Kawhi haven't landed. When they're available, there's nobody better offensively than two-way players at their positions. Mm. Now, putting LeBron at the four for sure. LeBron has been unbelievable. Year 21, yes, he for sure could be a starter. The West is stacked, but these two guys that deserve the bonus and been healthy, that have been playing the games, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. Yeah. LeBron has taken some games off. AD might have taken a couple, but he, since last year, he's been the Iron Man of the league since the last playoffs. He has Kudos played more games than anybody in the last. So I have to reward him on that, and he deserves. And I think last year, I think we were considering was Zion that made it who missed damn near half the season. Unbelievable. We're considering Aaron Gord, who should have, who could have been. Uh, we've had Andrew Wiggins in the past. Come on. We could definitely give AD this position. And it just sucks for Bron, because honestly, it's between Bron and Kawhi for me at the three spot. But when mm -hmm. I have to go availability and the performance level, and obviously, so Bron's been doing 20 years, he could be a starter every year. But I'm going to go with Kawhi. It's, I think yeah. he's just the best two-way player in the in the game. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi had that stretch. I think it was a 12-game stretch where he was averaging over 20, 28 points mm -hmm. per game, shooting over 50% from the field, shooting over 50, yep. shooting over 60% from the field, over 50% from three, and over 90% from the free throw line. He was absolutely balling and is still obviously balling now as the Clippers are looking like a true, true elite title contender. So uh, that's Danny's uh, all-star starter in the West. Nikola Jokic, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. Got to give a big kudos to Anthony Davis. After getting paid this past offseason, he has mm -hmm. backed it up with his availability and his play so far for the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, guys, we're about to get out of here. Think people got things to do. But before we do that, this weekend is also the NFL playoffs. And uh, I don't know if y'all are like me, but I'm one rooted for Lamar Jackson. I originally was rooting mm. for the Buffalo <laughs> Bills to make it to the Super Bowl because my brother is a big Buffalo Bills fan. And as we saw this past weekend, the Buffalo Bills fans are going through it again. Man, that field goal, <laughs> that missed field goal got to be a killer. Uh, but yeah. I'm now... I, I'm Danny, I'm of the mindset, and this is interesting too because I can relate it to the NBA as well. So... Here's here's okay. So back in the day, remember when there was there was Michael Jordan and then there was everybody else. But damn, Charles Barkley was damn good. Damn, yeah. Carl Malone was damn good. Damn uh, good. Damn, Reggie Miller was damn good. I'm trying yeah, to think of some, some other some like, guys that that should have won that didn't win. Allen Iverson was damn fucking good. Damn good. Yeah, damn fucking good. <laughs> Reggie Miller, damn good. Um, the the, the Sean uh, Sean the combination of Sean Kemp and the Sean Gary Kemp and Payton. Gary Payton. Damn good. Damn good. <laughs> and they and they never ever won because Michael Jordan was in their way. And who knows? Maybe Hakeem Olajuwon wouldn't have won if Michael Jordan didn't retire for two years. And I'm afraid, Danny, what might happen here in the NFL is we might forget just how good Josh Allen mm -hmm. is. Just how forget just how good Lamar Jackson is, just how good Justin Herbert might be, just how good Joe Burrow might be, because Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are just making a, a historic run of AFC championships, six straight, and potentially back in the Super Bowl again. I think that would be his it would be his fourth Super Bowl. If he could win, yeah, it would be his fourth Super Bowl appearance. And he's already won two if he gets back in there. And that yeah, type of achievement. Yeah, that type of achievement while shunning out guys like Lamar Jackson, who's been an MVP and is going to win it again this year. A guy like Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, a Joe, a Josh Allen. I, as much as I respect Patrick Mahomes, I don't want the other elite quarterbacks to not get the love that they want that, that they deserve. So for 100%. me, I'm rooting for Lamar Jackson. I want, I want Patrick Mahomes could win six Super Bowls. That's cool with me, as long as Lamar gets one, as long as yeah. Joe Burrow gets one. As long as Josh Allen gets one. As long as Justin uh, Herbert gets we one. We don't need everybody to get one. We need a couple of them. I don't need everybody to get one. For but, me, you know what, but you know what I mean. I don't want the greatness exactly to be denied all because they didn't uh, get a Super sure. Bowl. They could still be great without everybody getting one. So for me, deep down, my the kid in me is rooting for the Niners because I was a Niners fan when I was a young kid. Mm. I'm not just a bandwagoner. But the reason why, and you may not know this, but me and Shad, Shad is my a younger brother. We used to play the football games all the time, the video games. Mm-hmm. Cowboys fan. I'm not saying I don't hate the Cowboys, but I'm not a big fan of the Cowboys because he used to kick my ass 
as a cowboy and I was a Niner. I think back then that was the second best team on the game. They had Emmett Smith, they had Troy yep. Aikman, they had you know Irvin. Irvin, and then it's like you couldn't stop you couldn't stop Emmett Smith from fucking stop running a touchdown. And I had Steve Young, you know Jerry Rice, uh, Terrell Owens at one point, but I had you know had the Niners at that point. Um, so I always Ricky, was a, Ricky Waters. Yeah, I had a, I was a Niners as a, as a kid, so I never repped them or continued that. But as a kid, I always liked the Niners. So deep down, I want to see they're and I feel like they're the underdog, and everybody's on Purdy's ass right now. Um, he's I, I'm waiting for him, and I want him to see him play well. But ultimately, which outweighs that, my the kid in me is seeing Lamar Jackson get one. So I'm with you on that. I'm going for the Ravens. I want to see Lamar get one. Um, you know. I'm tired of seeing the Chiefs win. I'm tired of seeing Patrick Mahomes. Tired of hearing Patrick Mahomes' name. Honestly, and I, I'm a fan of him. I like his game. I love his game. But I'm just tired of hearing it. I like to see. It's like seeing Golden State win all the fucking time. Yeah. As much you know, you're a fan of certain guys' games. It's like, yo, come on, man. We got to get somebody else new in here. We got to get somebody else to get a ring. Somebody else new to ring. Um, so I'm rooting for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. And if not them, I want to see the Niners get one. Yeah, I I, I totally understand that. I I I, I want to see. I, I want to see Lamar take down and take down the forty take down the forty ers again. Uh, they mm-hmm. obviously destroyed them in the regular season. Uh, I don't know if the Lions can hold up with with just how good the Ravens are. Uh, it should be a fun one, you guys, and make sure you. Uh, I I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to enjoy the games thoroughly. Cannot wait for Sunday. Uh, in the meantime, I will be watching a lot of NBA up until that point. Some big games happening this weekend. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll discuss everything that happened when we come back next week. And who knows might take place. A head coach might get fired. Players (laughs) might get traded. It's been a wild week in the NBA. Who knows? Somebody might drop another 70 burger. Who knows? We'll keep Uh, track of it and talk about it next week right here on Inside the Green Room. If there's nothing else you have to say, Danny, it's time to get up out of here. Read, rate, subscribe, review. You know what to do.